0: Bubble Wrap can keep your television safe. But what's protecting your belongings from phony moving companies? Learn how to keep scammers from bursting your bubble. Go to protectyourmove.gov to research moving companies and to learn more. That's protectyourmove.gov. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the Adizero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today.
1: Hi everyone! Welcome to Wellness Talk this week. I'm your host George Batista with you. Um, I hope you had a good week and uh, glad uh, that you tuned in. Um, We're going to go over the latest in health and healing, nutrition, fitness, uh, all the things natural we can do to live a longer, healthier, and hopefully a happier life. And You know, this is a fun show to do and I hope you guys get a lot out of it. As always, you can go to uh, georgebatista.com to get uh, some of the articles that I post. You can read them for yourselves as as well as the studies and all the things that go along with that article. And uh, if you want to ask me some questions on a regular basis, you can feel free to do so. I'll I'll do my best to answer them to the best of my abilities and um, you know and then I'll even answer them uh, some of them on the air here so um, you know everybody can kind of learn a little bit so I'm always in favor of learning so uh, and as always this show is for educational purposes only it is not intended as a substitute for professional medical advice of any kind it's not intended to treat diagnose cure or prevent an illness so those of you who want to make major changes in health and lifestyle please consult your physician All right. Well, we're going to get started here. (coughs) Excuse me. It's from Natural News. And this is from Mike Adams, the health ranger, who um, is very big in the health industry. Now, I'm sure those of you who are in the alternative uh, health industry have already read and have already seen the articles that have come out. um, Kind of this. doing a disservice, put it this way, to the organic food industry. And an article that recently came out, and now it's, of course, it's mainstream, and you see it on Google, and you see it in, it was actually in the, I I think it was the Times, I think it was the New York Times. And basically, the article was saying that organic food is no healthier than uh, conventional, you know, regular food with everything involved in it and <clears throat> i um i thought this was um kind of funny actually so i wanted to address it because uh you know as always it's it's uh, there's always going to be an attack out there on on you know whether it's the supplement industry or the organic food industry or um you know whatever's going on that's natural that doesn't kind of go along with the conventional wisdom that's out there so I definitely wanted to comment on this and I wanted to kind of go over the the articles that, uh, well, the the study itself, but I wanted to go over some of the articles and, and the, uh, the, the, you know, kind of the, uh, some of the major points in it because I think it's kind of interesting um, how they basically cited that organic food was no different than regular food, yet they s- themselves in the study concluded to th- three major differences. <laughs> Uh, I just thought this was kind of funny. Well, uh, Mike Adams goes, I mean, a lot of people have actually written on this, but I wanted to go with Natural News because they're pretty good at uh, getting on top of the ball on these things. And Mike Adams wrote um, about this. And basically, you know, what he says here is, is very interesting. Well, the, the study itself says that, uh, this, and the study was done just so you know at Stanford University, and it was published in the Annals of Internal Medicine. Now, the study itself concludes, and these are three things that the study concludes, which I thought was interesting. First one was that exposure to chemical pesticides was significantly lower in organic food, roughly 30% less than conventional foods. That's number one. Number two, exposure to superbugs in meat um, or antibiotic resistant bacteria was also significantly lower in organic foods roughly 33 percent risk difference and the third one was that the study concluded it says, and it says right out towards the end of it because I, I read this study uh, a couple of times and it actually says the consumption of organic foods may reduce exposure to pesticide residues and antibiotic resistant bacteria but of course they go on to say well these aren't obviously to them these aren't major differences. So to them, you know, uh, organic food was no different than conventional food. Now the, the study would, and what he says, what I, which I think was really good here, he says that um, the study fails to mention a few of the following. For example, genetically modified organisms are not allowed in organic foods So GMO exposure is many orders of magnitude higher in conventional foods, whereas GMOs are, you know, uh, I mean where GMOs are commonplace. Number two, artificial chemical sweeteners are not allowed in organic foods, but conventional foods are often sweetened with toxic chemicals such as aspartame and saccharin. Number three, the study completely failed to look at the use of genetically modified bovine growth hormones in conventional milk versus organic milk. And number four, the study also fails to mention that the environmental impact of conventional food production is devastating to the planet. Conventional pesticides aren't just found in the crops, they also run off into the streams, rivers, and oceans. No mainstream media article that covered this story even bothered to mention mention this hugely important issue. It's one of the prim- this is one of the primary reasons to buy that you actually buy organic. And the final thing on this is that the funding source uh, of the study is listed as none. Now he says does anybody really believe this because all these scientists supposedly volunteer their time and don't get paid to engage in scientific endeavors, it's, it's, that, that would be kind of absurd if you think about that. The money's got to come from somewhere, so you know that. Now they've also found, and on, in a follow-up article to this, that the co-author of the study was actually a person who was um, affiliated with the tobacco industry. How interesting is that? So and we all know about the tobacco industry and how truthful they've been in the last hundred years. <laughs> so um I I just thought this was interesting. Now, you know, here's my take on all this. You know, if <clears throat> if you want to buy food that has chemical pesticides, you know, possibility of antibiotic resistant bacteria, if you uh that has um all these different types of things like genetically modified organisms and artificial sweeteners and artificial colors and red dyes and uh, bovine growth hormone. If you want to get that in your food, then by all means, buy conventional food, okay, because it's not going to be a big deal to you. I personally choose not to buy that stuff, I personally choose to buy mostly organic food. Now yes, sometimes you can't go 100% organic because it's, it's sometimes it's not easy, it's a little harder to get organic food, you got to know places to look, so on and so forth, but you know a good majority of my diet is organic and I don't want those things, I'm sorry but I don't want pesticides, I don't want um... growth hormone. I don't want antibiotics in my my food and my my child's food it's just not something that I want because at the end of the day every, you know, there are thousands and thousands of studies there and there are thousands of of, of articles and, and and research has been done that shows that those things cause disease period end of story so um yeah this these are the reasons why you buy organic so to say that there's no difference in the food is unbelievably false because you yourself pointed out the differences so it's just a matter of do you want that stuff in your food or do you not want that stuff in your food it's very simple i mean you can choose to have you can choose to buy whatever you want i mean it's a free country obviously but um those of us who want to choose the organic lifestyle choose not to have that and you know I there's nothing wrong with that but you have to remember that these things from time to time are gonna come out because my thought on it is this If, if you're making headway in a in an industry for example if you're if you're really this is how you know you're making headway is that is what I'm saying this is how you know you're you're really starting to get big in the industry is when you start getting attacked a lot so you have to kind of look at it that way because if the organic food industry was really not doing anything and was, was just basically in the corner, nobody paid attention to it and there wasn't a demand for it, okay, because there is a high demand for it now, if there wasn't a demand for it, you wouldn't see this stuff come out. But because the organic food industry now, I mean, there's, you know, even mainstream companies are coming out with organic uh, alternatives. So, you know, and or, and foods without high fructose corn syrup and aspartame and all those things. So, that in and of itself is showing you that there is a big push and we're seeing it. We're seeing it. There's a big push and it's actually starting to tip to the other side slowly but surely. It's a big push for organics. and But at the same time, with that push is going to come a lot of pushback from the conventional food industry, from the pharmaceutical industry, from the... Um, from the medical industry and so on and so forth because obviously this takes money away from the conventional foods and the cheaper way to do things. So um, I actually think it's a good thing I mean even though yes there's gonna be and I've already had two or three people sometimes even members of my own family come up and say hey did you hear about the organic food? Did you hear that it's no different? And I just laugh it off and then I asked this is the first this is the first question I asked them. Did you read the study? No? Okay so do you know exactly what the study says and you just know by what the media said. You actually haven't sat down and read the study? No. Do you know who wrote the study? No. Do you know anything about the person who wrote the study? No. Okay. So again, you just heard by, you know, you just heard it on the news basically or you, you know, whatever. Yep. Okay. Well, when you read the study and you actually realize the idiocy that comes out of that study and, and, and so so on, then you'll, you know, you'll kind of get it, hopefully. But If you want to go by the news, then, you know, by all means do so. Anyway, that's just my take on it, Um, but you guys can read it for yourselves and, uh, you know, and and take away what you like from it. But um, um, I'm always going to push for the organic side of things because, you know, I know what it does. All right wellnessresources.com, Byron Richards, great polyphenols reduced blood pressure in men with metabolic syndrome. Well, metabolic syndrome, for those of you who don't know, is a kind of a combination of uh, risk factors um, that uh, kind of all lumped into one. So, for example, uh, metabolic syndrome usually is a combination of... um, uh, things like high blood pressure, uh, you know elevated blood pressure and elevated f- uh, fasting blood sugar and, and uh, low HDL cholesterol and high LDL cholesterol, um, you know high elevated triglycerides. It's a combination of all these things which basically makes up metabolic syndrome. So now what they found in a new study shows that grape polyphenols can reduce blood pressure in this, in uh, somewhat in metabolic syndrome. Now, grape polyphenols, uh, you know, is is a great thing, and I've I've talked about it a little bit in the past. Um, grapes are excellent uh, because they do have um, not only these polyphenols but antioxidants. They have they have these things that are that are just overall fantastic for the human body, fantastic for the cells, and and they have fiber and they have all these great things in them. So, but this is just another thing that. Uh, you know, talks about the benefits of, of these great polyphenols. Now, it, when you're inflamed or when you have inflammation, you know, serious inflammation going on in your body, okay, um, especially within the circulatory system, uh, you, you, it, it's ba- there's a depression of what's called Enos, which is E-N-O-S, or it's uh, friendly nitric oxide, okay, and you know, friendly nit- nitrous oxide is what kind of relaxes the arteries and that's what you want, you want friendly nitrous oxide, but when you have inflammation there's a depression of that. So then you you end up with inflammatory nitrous oxide, which is INOS, I-N-O-S, okay, and that tends to dominate, causing arteries to be irritated and tense and then this triggers sticky molecules and that causes cholesterol to be sticky, cause it to oxidize and that that's one of the processes that starts that whole plaquey situation when it comes to cholesterol in the arteries. So um, you know and, and this of course can lead to risk factors for cardiovascular disease, heart disease so on and so forth and it just starts a chain reaction going from there. Well in the study grape polyphenols found in high amounts in grapeseed extracts uh, improved all of the uh, adverse issues listed, in, listed as far as uh, <clears throat> these things including helping to boost up the friendly nitric oxide to help relax the arteries. So this is very promising for the great polyphenols and this is good news. Um, so it's a good tool to help uh, protect against, you know, the uh, metabolic syndrome and all the things that come with it and uh, something that can be added uh, as I like to call the toolbox and you know you'll hear me reference the nutritional toolbox so this is something else you would like to uh, add to that so my advice would be to eat your grapes uh, in high amounts get your grape juice, um, good really uh, you know hopefully an organic grape juice Um, but also um, you can take a nice grape uh, seed extract supplement and that will also help you with, uh, you know, those types of situations. So uh, good stuff for grapeseed and grapeseed extract and the polyphenols. Okay, <clears throat> some from Life Extension. Marilyn Rodriguez-Paez. And this is uh, <coughs> ways that you can, t- um, ways that you can uh, help with oral hygiene uh, more naturally because people you know obviously you want to keep your gums and your teeth in good condition because that also helps with that that's also going to affect your overall health. People don't realize how how problems in the mouth and the gums and things like that can really af- can can lead to problems other places in the body, inflammatory problems. But people tend to who who, who don't like to go the natural route will tend to use these Toothpaste with high, with fluoride and these and these mouthwashes that have all these types of chemicals and alcohol and things like that in them, which at the end of the day is not the healthiest way to go. So these are just some tips on what you can do naturally if you want to go the natural route as far as to helping your your um, oral hygiene. Okay. Now, obviously, you you want to look at the foundations first. The foundations are you want to brush and floss after every meal. You know that's that's normal, okay? But some other things that you want to take a look at, as far as number one, for example, there are toothpastes out there that are natural that either do not contain fluoride or at least have some great, uh, better natural ingredients in them, and you can usually find them at your the your local health food store. But uh, one of the things you, you know, some of the things you want to take, a, uh, you want to look for anyway, as far as the um, the natural toothpaste would be some things like tea tree oil. Now, tea tree oil <coughs> is known. Um, people use tea tree oil for cuts and burns and things like that on their skin. It's a great, it's great for the skin, but it's also helps to kill cavity-causing bacteria, and it also helps to stop gums from bleeding. Okay, so that's one thing. CoQ10. A lot of these toothpastes have CoQ10 which helps to heal inflamed gums as well. And uh, xylitol, now xylitol is a natural sugar found in fruits, um, but it's been known in studies to help prevent, to actually help prevent cavities, and it was actually even in one study um, shown to help prevent cavities better than fluoride. Well, you know, I've, I actually went on a whole fluoride rampage in one of my previous podcasts, so if you if you want to hear about that, go check it out. But and uh, some of them even contain hydrogen peroxide, which blo- blocks plaque development. So these are things you want to look for in uh, a natural toothpaste. Now, <clears throat> other things you can do as well. Um, you want to increase consumption. if you're you know if you're dealing with oral hygiene issues, you want to con- uh, increase uh, uh, your consumption of certain vitamins or uh, nutrients, for example, calcium and phosphorus are essential for building blocks of teeth and also things like uh, folic acid, vitamin C and vitamin D have also been known to help the gums and the teeth. So that's, you know, these and these will actually help with inflammation and help calm down inflammation in the teeth and so on and so forth. Now other things you want to take a look at as well. Um, that can actually protect. And this is this is more in the food, as far as when you're consuming things. Um, cranberries, cranberries, uh, uh, bacteria from uh, helps to keep bacteria from sticking to your teeth. And it's important because um, <clears throat> this is this is because bacteria first need to stick to teeth before they can form plaque and cavities. So you know before they can get to that point, cranberries can help keep it from sticking there. Now, next is pomegranate pomegranate eases gum inflammation and kills plaque causing bacteria as well green tea green tea um, prevents bacteria from eating their preferred food source uh, sh- uh, sugar and blocks the growth of plaque causing bacteria and um, you know and also they they've also shown that eating apples uh, but they, they're saying here that the results are mixed as far as the apple consumption but but uh, I mean, you know what? It can't help. An apple of the day, they say, it keeps the doctor.
2: A lot of us are looking for ways to start our day feeling more joy and appreciation. And while some of us write gratitude lists or do yoga, others pour themselves a bowl of their favorite cereal, Honey Nut Cheerios. Because not only are Honey Nut Cheerios delicious, they can help lower cholesterol as part of a heart healthy diet. So maybe the secret to a great mood all day is a little yoga, then writing your gratitude list over a bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios.
3: Learn more at SAIC.com slash cloud.
2: Pet food bags are covered in pretty pictures of healthy food, but the highly processed pellets inside are far from it. Make the switch to the Farmer's Dog. It's real food, made fresh and delivered right to your door. The Farmer's Dog worked with top vets to create ready-to-serve meals using fresh, human-grade meat and vegetables. They contain everything your dog needs to stay healthy, and nothing they don't. Go to thefarmer'sdog.com/Listen to save fifty percent on your first box with free shipping. That's thefarmer'sdog.com/Listen.
1: Throw away. So why not? And then you want to take a look at your mouthwashes. Your mouthwashes. Um, there, there are some great mouthwashes out there that contain really good. Um, ingredients you want you, you know you really want to try to stay away from those mainstream alcohol containing mouthwashes because they really at the end of the day do more damage than good. So key ingredients to use that you can find in some of these mouthwashes are chamomile, aloe, grapefruit, uh, <clears throat> grapefruit seed extract, clove, peppermint, tea tree oil, green tea, and even cinnamon. All these things can be found. Some of them are found in mo- mouthwashes, but sometimes you can even make your own. There's there's ways to make your own as well. So the main point of this is that this is just some tips that you can use <clears throat> as far as uh, keeping your gums and your teeth healthy because that's very important because obviously if you have inflamed gums and you have that can lead to gum disease, gingivitis and things like that, uh, once once there are uh, gaps or, or inflammation in the gums then that bacteria can end up leaking into your system and could end up going to your, you know, into your arteries, into your heart, can cause inflammation in other places, can actually also, can also affect your um, digestive tract, leading to candida problems and bacterial infection in there as well, and can eventually um, lead to heart disease. So these are all, you know, this is all related. So your gum health and your til- your teeth health, and so I know we've been told a million times about it, but it is very important. So um, take a look at those natural ways to help with uh, gum and and teeth issues and I think you'll be uh, pretty satisfied with that. Alright another one from Wellness Resources Uh, Ubiquinol CoQ10 helps patients with type 2 diabetes. Well CoQ10 we know is vital for energy production it is produced by the body as well in certain amounts but it is an an antioxidant that's produced by the body but it can be um, depleted as well. So you want to keep your your stores of CoQ10 especially if you're in high intense exercise, if you're doing car, a lot of cardio work and things like that. Excuse me, just took a drink there. And um, so the, what they did was a current study here, the study was 200 milligrams per day of ubiquinol CoQ10 uh, was that um, showed that it improved the function of the pancreas of type 2 diabetic patients resulting in improved metabolism of blood sugar. That's good news. Now the researchers demonstrated a significant reduction of hemoglobin A1c which is a key test showing how well the blood sugar is managed over a period of time. So the result was due to so improve the improved efficiency of insulin production in these patients and this is where you want to look at because you got to remember that a lot of the body systems work on efficiency. Now it's one thing to go and take a you know take a drug and or you know go take a uh, statin drug or take a diabetes drug or something like that to improve your numbers, to improve the numbers on paper so they can look good. But at the end of the day, does that really improve your health? No, because it doesn't really solve the underlying problem. Because there's a reason why you you got into type 2 diabetes in the first place. And a lot of that reason tends to be either from obesity or your diet or whatever the case may be. So <clears throat> um you want to at the end of the day what you want to do is you want to restore the efficiency the metabolic efficiency of whether whether it's your blood pressure or your insulin levels uh... or 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 your immune system whatever it is that's how these systems work it works on efficiency you want to get a good response to whatever it is that you're doing whether it's exercise or eating and so on and so forth so at the end of the day CoQ10 can be a useful tool for that toolbox that I talk about to help especially if you're dealing with type 2 diabetes or pre-diabetes and things like that or if you just want to stay away from the diabetes issue uh, CoQ-10, CoQ10 can help keep your system regulated and um, <clears throat> help keep things going in the right direction and I think that's very important uh, at the end of the day because obviously it's such a huge problem with type 2 diabetes these days so um, I would take a look at that now, going back for a second, going along the lines of the uh, <coughs> excuse me of the um, tooth decay and um, and the overall mouth health. This is a study from Natural News, um, and this is from Sherry Baker. Uh, coconut oil helps zap bacteria that causes tooth decay. So this is another thing you can use in your Toolbox as far as your oral hygiene. Now, the researchers from the anth the Anthlone Institute of Technology in Ireland tested the antibacterial action of coconut oil by treating it with the enzymes and a in, treating it with enzymes and a process similar to digestion to see how the oil would react once consumed. So they they mimic the digestion, basically the digestive process with coconut oil, and they found that the coconut oil once ingested. Should be able to halt the growth of most strains of streptococcus bacteria, and uh, that's significant as well because coconut oil obviously is is excellent. It's you know it's been it's it's mostly known for its omega threes, um, and it's it's mostly mostly known for its uh, it's it's omega three effects on the body as well as helping with your heart, and helping uh, you know. With the with blood pressure and things like that, and um, it's it's even it's even good at fighting bacteria in, in the system, but now it's found also to help with bacteria in the mouth, um, which is very good. Yeast and Candida albicans and things like that, and we know again that those yeast and Candida albicans can go back and forth between the mouth and the and the digestive tract. So now it says here, dental caries is a commonly overlooked health problem affecting 60 to 90 percent of children and a majority of adults in industrialized countries. So incorporating enzyme modified coconut oil in dental hygiene products would be an effective alternative to chemical additives. So again that's really good to use coconut oil and you know basically she's saying that uh, you know that's another another weapon that can be used in, in natural dental products to help overall dental health. So it's a good thing. Okay, next, this is from Natural, New Natural health 365com and <clears throat> this is by Blanche Levine, it's called New Cancer Study Shocks the Medical Profession, <laughs> I love the way the medical profession gets shocked at these things when the alternative profession knows a lot of these things for a long time, but anyway, scientists have found that 40 plant Based compounds can turn on genes that sh- slow the spread of cancer according to the first of its kind study. Gary Meadows, a professor and associate dean f- uh, for graduate education at Washington State University said he is encouraged by his findings because the spread of cancer is most often what makes this disease deadly. How about that? Now, <clears throat> so basically what they're saying is that the these compounds that are found in plants okay and and we know you know uh, pl- uh, you know we're, we're and we're mostly talking about chlorophylls here and um, you know those substances that are found in, you know the, the deep chlorophylls and all these things in the wheat grass thats types and these are the types of things that to have been found to slow down the genes and the spreading of cancer and they're showing it in these studies now he says this I'm quoting here, this study, this new study shows that instead of attacking the tumor, we can prevent the spread of disease with the right nutrients. How about that? Now, of course, the, uh, a lot of the cancer societies out there would not like to hear this, but unfortunately this, I mean, fortunately, this is uh, good science that's actually happening. Now, he also goes on to say that cancer cells do not like vitamin D, ginseng, carotenoids like lycopene curcumin, green tea, pomegranate, juice, fish oil, plus many other essential nutrients found in nature. So uh, we know that these substances act epigenetically, which means they turn on the metastasis suppressor genes. That's very important. They turn on the metastasis suppressor genes. Literally, they turn on the genes that stop the suppress, that, that suppress the metastasis of, of these cancers. It's unbelievable. And we're talking specifically with breast and colorectal and prostate, skin, lung, and several other cancers. So at the end of the day, these epigenetic mechanisms are influenced by what you eat. Now, many of you heard me saying this many times on this show. How what you eat really, really does affect, you know, every disease, any any illness. You know, I'm not. You know, we're not. We're, we're pretty much saying that it can help you with most illnesses, and it's it's telling you right here in this article slows the progression of cancer and in people who even have it so it's not even just in prevention it actually helps us slow it, which is very very interesting so um, you know more studies are obviously going to be done on this but it's you know those of you who are taking your you know plant uh, plant based phytonutrients and those of you who are taking your compounds and juicing on a regular basis and eating your vegetables you're on the right track so keep it up okay and <clears throat> An article from Wellness Times and uh, this is by Carolyn A. Gazella and this is entitled Are You Magnesium Deficient? Now the Office of Dietary Supplements with the the National Institutes of Health informs us that many Americans don't get the recommended amounts of magnesium. Well we're finding that magnesium is uh, one of the biggest deficiencies out there. And, be, and, and w- there's a few reasons for that. Okay, number one is because of the way things are grown, crops are grown nowadays. A lot of the soil is, 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 in, is, is uh, deficient in magnesium and selenium and things like that. Um, but also with all the things that they're putting now in foods and the pesticides and all this stuff and, and that type of thing kind of um, depresses the magnesium, including when you, and then when you cook the foods at high temperatures, it also takes lot of the enzymes and the magnesium away as well, so you're really at the end of the day not getting as much magnesium as you should. Now the Linus Pauling Institute of Oregon State University reports that many studies show that people over the age of 60 have lower levels of magnesium compared to younger individuals. Now the dangers of magnesium deficiency are great. The reason why is because that magnesium is necessary for more than 300 different biochemical reactions in the body, ranging from influencing your muscles, nerve function, energy production to helping control blood sugar and blood pressure. We know that magnesium helps with the muscles in the heart. We know that it helps to calm the endothelial lining that goes towards the heart, helps with atrial fibrillation, it helps with your muscles when, it, when it's, when you're, When you're working out, helps with the uh, with building up of lactic acid in your muscles. It helps to calm the nerves. I mean, there's just so many things. It helps with uh, lowering of blood pressure. These are all things that, and these are all scientifically based things that show um, the positive benefits of magnesium consumption. The uh, you know the problem is that most people don't get it high enough. That's the issue. Okay, so. You know, it's 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 really you know they're they're also linking magnesium and this is from the Journal of the uh, American College of Nutrition and the Journal of Internal Medicine. Magnesium deficiency was linked to both heart disease and postmenopausal women, and to increased risk of type two diabetes. Uh, unbelievable! These are these are huge risk factors and huge illnesses that are going on today. Um, doctors are now you know many many doctors have said that um you know they're realizing they're now realizing the importance of magnesium and how many of them you know sometimes just diagnosing magnesium deficiency helps to uh heal their patients of whatever they've come in with (laughs) you know and they, they i mean they've actually in the in the magnesium miracle which is a um which is a uh a, uh, a a book that has come out recently they've diagnosed they've, they've shown that they've identified 22 different health conditions that can be caused by magnesium deficiency 22 everything from asthma to tooth decay I mean it's it's unbelievable so where do you find your magnesium well you find it in uh, your nuts and your legumes your whole grains and your vegetables, your homo- your almonds, cashews, your pumpkin seeds, spinach, and kelp are great sources of high magnesium, things like that. So you want to ab- absolutely consume those types of foods on a regular basis, but also um, if you if you you know if you if you're not consuming those foods then my suggestion would be to, to supplement with a with a really good high quality magnesium, uh, supplements for 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 gentlemen, especially if you're you're getting older you want to get at least 300 to 400 magne- uh, uh, milligrams of magnesium for women maybe 300 mag- uh, milligrams of magnesium per day. So that's that's very important and um, you know you you might want to start off slow. You know, start with maybe 200 milligrams and then work your way up. And get your body used to the higher levels of magnesium. Now, obviously, you don't want to go too high with magnesium because, you know, sometimes it can cause um, intestinal issues if you if you go too high right off the bat. So my suggestion would be to start off slow, maybe 100 or 200 milligrams, and then eventually work your way up to 300 or 400 milligrams. And I think if you stay around that range, um, in combination with eating those foods, I think you'll um, I think you'll do well. Okay. And last but not least just a question that I got from somebody regarding protein uh and uh Jennifer wants to know uh she's starting her exercise programs and she's she's hearing that protein is is uh vital for you know muscles but she's so confused about the different types of protein that's out there and she just wanted to get my take on which proteins are the best and what's the difference well Jennifer depends on on you know my take it in is depends on what you're uh, on a couple of factors number one how active are you number two um, you know how you feel about your protein intake number one for example there's there's uh, different there's you know there's different types of protein I can tell you the differences between them the most bioavailable protein the one that acts the fastest in your body uh, is going to be whey protein that's pretty much the fast-acting protein, okay? Whey protein is does come from an animal source, and uh, so if you're, you know, if you're okay with that, because some people are not, you know, especially the vegetarians and vegans, they may not want to go that route. So um, whey protein, like I said, after a workout, if you know, if you want to get yourself a good whey protein and you know, make a protein shake with it that you know I would definitely recommend that if you're if you want to do that. Um consumed right after the workout and worked very quickly on the muscles. So, you know, that's that's the best one of the most the fastest acting one. Um but the cons to the whey protein which is that um because it contains it contains um, things that can be uh uh allergic problems for people, Um, casein and things like that, that can be problems, can be problematic to people with digestion, you know, can cause digestive issues in some people, uh, especially who are lactose intolerant, things like that. So you want to take a look at that, if you find any digestive problems with whey protein then my suggestion would be to not take it. Um, The next type of protein that uh, I personally take because I, uh, I like it is a plant, or I'm sorry, a brown rice protein. Um, that's a good protein as well. It's not as fast acting as a whey protein. Um, it's a little slower but it's, it's very good. Does, if you get a good one, it contains all the essential amino acids. And um, I, can, I can definitely uh, tell you which ones that are out there that are good because, again, if you're going to take a protein type of supplement you want to make sure it does not have any artificial flavors and colors you want to make sure that it's that has enzymes in it as well a lot of the good protein companies that do this have protein uh, have good enzymes in it that help with digestion of the protein. My suggestion would be to take a probiotic with it to help or, or at least digestive enzymes with it to help with the breakdown of the protein and to help it get to the right areas of your body. So a brown rice protein is very good as well I would suggest that. Brown rice protein usually doesn't have any kind of allergic problems for the most part so I think you'll be safe with those as well. Um, and then um, the third one would be either a hemp or a pea protein, hemp, um, those are very good as well. Again, I don't think they're as good as the uh, whey or the brown rice protein, but they tend to have, again, all the amino acids available and there are great companies out there that um, that uh, have hemp and have pea protein and hemp protein as well and again those as far as uh, allergic issues usually they don't have any for the most part um, but again you know always read the labels make sure you get in the right ones but my thing what I like to do is right after my workout in the morning I take a nice protein shake with my superfoods on top of that and I get the protein in me right away so if you're looking to get a protein if you're okay with whey protein um, an animal protein, whey would be the best one. That's the most bioavailable, the fastest acting one, then uh, then anything after that would be a brown rice protein and or a hemp and a pea protein so you know it just depends really on what you want to do at the end of the day. that It really depends on your, your preference but um, you know those are the ones I would, but again be careful with the fillers and be careful with what some of these proteins have in it because um, not all proteins are the same out there. I can tell you that, you know, I have some good recommendations so I can definitely let you know about those. Okay, so that's it for this week. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, I will be back next week with, uh, again, some, uh, some of the latest news on health and healing. So until again, I hope you guys have a great week. Take care, and uh, we'll see you next time on Almost Talk. Be well.